Welcome to the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your uh, audio dip into the beautiful game being played right here in the Great Lakes state of Michigan. How's it going out there? My name's Robert Kerr, your host as always here on the program. Great week overall for soccer in the state with a uh, uh, spring high school season well underway. The youths are out there in the muddy fields uh, playing. And uh, uh, a really sunny weekend that made it easy on us. Uh, I know a few people even got uh, a little bit of pink skin, a little bit of sunburn in our summer-like weekend uh, that just was. Not to mention um, Detroit City FC's uh, week of heroics, both over the weekend on the road and, of course, last week at home against the Columbus Crew. Spending more time around uh, soccer folks being on location at these games again uh, kind of brought it to my attention that I should clarify the roles here at uh, Michigan Soccer Central a little bit because it, I noticed there was a little bit of a confusion, so I wanted to say that I myself, uh, Robert Kerr, uh, I am the host and the producer of this podcast. But I am not the uh, the voice or the the man running the uh, Michigan Soccer Central social accounts. Uh, while I do uh, post, you know, about this show and uh, kind of promoting it and in and around it, uh, I am not the uh, main voice of the social media platforms uh, for Michigan Soccer Central. Uh, really, the main voice uh, behind MSC at, at all the uh, at Michigan Soccer Central platforms is uh, Mr. Dan Garnell, and uh, I hope he doesn't mind uh, me giving him a shout out because he's not a particularly public-facing person. Even though I mean he's uh, really built this groundswell around this uh, uh, moniker of Michigan Soccer Central, and uh, he's put in the work and has put in a lot of passionate coverage, especially in the high school game and. Uh, like I said, he's not a public-facing person, but he goes to so many games that if you've been to a game in the Metro Detroit area, most likely you have seen him out at the game. So big kudos to Dan for uh, getting uh, all the immense coverage of Michigan soccer out there and uh, you know, bringing me on board about a year ago to uh, make this show and uh, really put a, another uh, outlet to the Michigan Soccer Central uh, brand. Also, uh, in more on-the-field news, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, the young uh, Lansing area Jaguars player who is um, doing big things. Amalia Villarreal is uh, down at the National U-17 CONCACAF Women's uh, U-17 Championship. At time of recording, they've played two games, and she scored in both, including a five-goal outing against Puerto Rico on Monday and uh, gave a great post-game interview where she snatched up the mic and uh, and uh, let the people know. Uh, yeah, Amalia Villarreal, definitely want to get her on the show when she gets back into Michigan. And uh, another note um, about uh, a Michigan soccer legend, uh, I, I just found out, uh, I know it's not new news, but I just found out that uh, legendary goalie, Brian Goose Finnerty is uh, currently battling throat cancer and is in the midst of a uh, 
uh, chemotherapy program. So uh, shout out to him. One of my earliest uh, soccer memories as a youth player was when uh, the Goose Finnerty uh, visited our soccer practice in uh, at Canton Soccer back in the day, and I do recall indoor soccer going to those rocker soccer games, and he was a huge uh, uh, character in the the local landscape. So uh, wishing him all the best, and another shout out. Uh, hopefully, we'll get him on the show at some point soon. Uh, Dylan Borzak, Detroit native, Oakland University alum. I uh, particularly like Dylan's story because he uh, battled through uh, a lot of personal adversary, adversity as well as um, kind of went the unlikely path uh, of American soccer, the, uh, the fabled path to pro. Um, he did not get any offers out of high school in Detroit at Western International, one of the few uh, Detroit public school programs uh, for soccer um moved to schoolcraft and then played a variety of summer league ball for oakland county fc uh carpathia and then uh, up with the bucks while uh having some very successful years at oakland university as golden grizzly and then now is a professional in his first year for rio grand valley fc in the usl championship where he has made seven appearances scoring twice including a uh, stoppage time winner for his side over Sacramento Republic. So big shout-out to him. So uh, lots of uh, Michigan action in the USL. And that brings us to this week's LaRouge Report, where we have Declan Wynn, where he discusses breaking his long-time scoring drought, as well as what it means to join the special team being uh, put together that has been put together down in Hamtramck. Hello, listener. On this week's LaRouge Report, I've got a first-year player who has made a big impact already, appearing in all nine games for Detroit City FC. And he only scores the big one, including the equalizer on the road at the weekend. Mr. Declan Wynn, welcome to the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Exciting times for uh, you and uh, your DCFC teammates, um, you scored the 68th minute equalizer and a come from behind victory. Um, could you kind of give us the uh, story of the game from your vantage point uh, on the field? Yeah, obviously uh, going into the game, we knew uh, we were going to obviously be a little bit fatigued coming off the game on Tuesday, but we had the same mindset. We're going out there to win. And, you know, the first 15 minutes, we... Uh, we played really well and we were on top of them and then obviously a little bit un- unlucky to not score and then for them to score near the end. Uh, obviously put us a bit on the back foot going into the second half, but we knew we would uh, keep on creating chances and then, you know, in the second half to, to score the goal myself and then for Stevie to, to score the goal in uh, injury time. Obviously for us to get the win, another big win on the road and um, yeah, just just can't wait for the next game. You guys came out very strong on the press and uh, created a lot of havoc for uh, Hartford at the beginning of the game. Did you um, get different instructions from uh, Coach Trevor James than in uh, times past? Uh, I don't think so. I think we we tend to focus on ourselves more and just uh, play our own game. So 
obviously our game our game plan going into the game was to stick to what we've been doing and you know, obviously it's it's got us results like in the season so far. So going forward we, we stuck to what we knew and it it paid off by uh keep on pushing, keep on trying to, you know, get the next goal and, and obviously it got us the, the winner in the end. When that ball came uh uh looping over to you on the uh the far corner of the box uh in the sixty eighth minute, uh down a goal, did when you struck it with your left foot, uh you volleyed it. How you, did you feel like it had a chance? Like when it was coming to you, did you think that that was a uh, it was going to happen? Yeah, I, re- I realized uh, when Max played the ball over that I had a little bit of space, so I thought, you know, why not? Why not take a shot? And as soon as I hit it, I felt like I had a good chance of going in. But then to get that little deflection to loop it over the keeper obviously helped it go in. So just really grateful I could score my my first goal for Detroit and you know help the team pick up the victory. It was mentioned on the broadcast, and uh, you said it just there. It's uh, been a fair few years. I think it was said it was uh, since 2017 or so since you'd uh, scored. Was Had there been previous chances that were even more presentable than that one? Because when you got that opportunity on Saturday that you tucked away, um, I mean, that wasn't easy. That was a left foot volley from the corner of the box, defender closing in on you. Um, had there been different situations uh, where there was an easier one that, that that didn't quite go in? Yeah, I feel like in the in that game on Saturday, um, in the I think it was really early in the game, like the fifth minute, uh, Connor crossed the ball, and you know I controlled it on my chest, but it was quite a loose touch, and I feel like if I controlled it better, I would have had a clear shot on goal. So you know that's one that sticks out in in that game particularly, and then. Like there's been other chances uh, in previous games, but I mean, to to, to score on on probably my my toughest chance was a little bit funny, but yeah, I'll, I'll take it either way. Yeah, I really liked your uh, post match uh, quote about the goal on the DCFC social media. You were like, "I didn't know what to do with the celebration." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not often I I score too many goals. So. I mean, it's not something I really think about. So uh, once I saw it going in, yeah, as I as I said uh, in the interview, I wasn't really sure what to do, but obviously felt great at the time. So I got to admit that that last, uh, so once you equalized for La Rouge, that, that last uh, stanza of the game was, was pretty, pretty hectic. Um, there was some opportunities uh, at both ends and, uh, you know, it, added a little bit of uh, passion, or I don't know if passion's the right word, but some juice, uh, some fire, you know, some gas went on the on the fire in, in that match. Just moments before the game winner happened, the host Hartford Athletic had a set piece that looped in behind the, the back line and in front of Nate Steinwasher, and it was played back to a, a whole group of Hartford players lining up <laughs> what uh walk us through that moment yeah i remember it clearly in my head uh yeah they had a set piece towards the end and when i saw that ball be playing over and then it, i think one of our defenders jumped and it, it cleared his head and yeah obviously they had a one-on-one with an eight and in my head i was thinking oh he's, he's got a score here and then for them to hit the crossbar and then obviously it was very good for us but yeah, it was a little bit worrying, and then to to go from there on the counter attack, and then a couple of minutes after that to 
to score the the late winner was obviously you know ecstatic for us and ecstatic for the whole Detroit uh, organization. Watching it from afar on the stream, it was uh, pretty wild. To, like it seemed more likely for them to score than for them not to. But then once that happened, uh, like I said, watching from afar on a couch, it it almost seemed in- inevitable that you guys were going to score. Um, did you have a view of how Steve Carroll was managed managed to get his foot onto the ball? Yeah, so I'm usually the guy at the. I usually lay back for the corners, so just as a covering player. But so I have a clear view of everything, and then you know once Antoine crossed the corner in and. You know, I thought Rusty was going to score with the header and for him to hit the post was, you know, I, th- I thought it was going in. And then, you know, Stevie was being in a battle with a guy one-on-one and for him to to get his foot on the on the ball was, was a great moment. And, yeah, pretty clear for me to see at the back. So, yeah, I was ecstatic for everyone. So did he kind of, uh, did he, like, hook his foot? Did it come off his foot? Did it come off just like a body part? Yeah, I think he was actually... Well, from my point of view, he's a little bit behind the defender, and you know he just got down low and got his foot in front of the the half athletic defender. So it was a great play by Stevie, and yeah, it just yeah just happened. Your DCFC side, uh, after seven league games, sits in third now. Uh, you guys uh, were one one and one when you started, but uh, have managed to put a, a bit of a streak together here. How has the team settled in? Like a What's changed since those opening weeks until now? Yeah, um, I don't think too much has changed. We've we've always believed in each other and we've gelled well as a group. So to us to, to keep winning and keep building momentum has obviously been good. And uh, I think it's just if we stick to our game plan and stick with each other, I think we're going to keep getting results as uh, as we've seen. So I don't think too much has changed on the way we look at things. What's been uh, the best part? Like uh, it, it's it's only been a couple months now, but uh, uh, you've played in every game this year. Uh, this is your first year. How has this uh, compared to your experiences in the past? You've been um, North North America from your your from New Zealand, I believe. Uh, did you come straight from New Zealand to North America about seven years ago? Yeah. So 2015, I played in the Under 20 World Cup, which was in New Zealand. And then once that was over, I got a trial in Vancouver. So, yeah, once I had that opportunity, I went over there and they wanted to sign me. And then, yeah, I've just stayed in uh, North America for my, yeah, the past seven years for my for my soccer career. And so you've been on a few teams in your time here. How has this experience in, you know, early doors here, uh, just nine games in, but how has this experience with Detroit been compared to your other clubs? Yeah, I think it's been... Yeah, obviously different. I think the the passion from the from the fans and the support we get is probably the best I've I've had since I've been in in uh, America. And yeah, just to go every game and see the following we get and see the fans we get and how much they care about the team has obviously been amazing for me. So I've really enjoyed it so far. And what's the like football culture like in New Zealand? Is it like the the first sport, or I mean, is, isn't isn't it, is a rugby first? Like, where does a a soccer football um culture like uh, from where uh, New Zealand? Yeah, so yeah, you're right there. Um, rugby is the top sport where New Zealand's like well, probably the best in the world uh, consistently. Uh, in soccer, we only have one professional team which plays in the A League, 
which is a league bit uh, in Australia where we have one New Zealand team in it. So, I mean, to be a professional uh, sports, I mean, uh, soccer player, it's pretty difficult coming from New Zealand. So, yeah, for me to have these opportunities to play overseas is obviously very special and I don't take anything for granted while I'm here. So what made you take up uh, football instead of rugby then? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough question. I, I mean, I did play rugby when I was when I was younger, but I think I just didn't grow big enough, you know. So I was always pretty good at uh, soccer too, and then I played a lot of cricket as well. But in the end, uh, I felt like I enjoyed soccer the most, and it's something I could pursue for the future. So yeah, that's why I chose it. So was it you that brought the cricket into the training last week? Um. Well, in the, we have a training room and a lot of us, I don't know, we just put random stuff on the TV and somehow it ended up on cricket and a lot of the guys got a little bit interested in it. So, yeah, we just started to play and I, I feel like everyone everyone enjoys it. Going back to uh, growing up in New Zealand, what was it that uh, kind of like, you said that you maybe uh, were smaller than some of the rugby players, but what was it that like, uh, you know, really drew you to, you know, gave you the drive to become a professional footballer um i think going back uh well i was born in uh, south africa and uh i used to be around my 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 grandfather my dad's dad quite a lot and he really loves manchester united and ryan giggs especially so yeah, we always used to watch uh ryan giggs play and i think just that influence on you know i still support manchester united today so that influence on just watching soccer and just being around it and people who people liked it really uh drove me to pursue it and, you know, become the player I've become today. So did you watch it uh, first before you started playing it? Um, I think it was a combination of both. I was, I mean, it was always, there was always a ball around. I was always interested in sports, no, no matter what. And Yeah, I always just uh, watched soccer on TV too, so I think it was a combination of both. So, I mean, uh, you've, you've been here about seven years or so. How was the, the youth set up in New Zealand compared to what you've uh, learned about from here? Is it similar or was there like a more of like a deeply embedded academy sort of thing, like maybe in Europe? Like what was the, um, you know, was it the same sort of approach youth-wise? Yeah, well, I mean, as I, as I said before, New Zealand only has uh, one professional team. So if you, that's the only academy, there's only one academy there. So there is other academies around there. I mean, if you can get involved in that academy, obviously it's a big deal being there. But I mean, I feel like uh, soccer is on the come up in New Zealand, and you know, it's just a game for everyone to play. But I feel like over here, there's a lot more opportunities and probably a bigger setup, which is which is great for American soccer. But yeah, New Zealand's obviously on the come up, uh, and yeah, people there are really starting to enjoy soccer as time's gone on. That's awesome insight about. Um... The soccer's on the rise there as well because, you know, there's always been a, a niche population or interest in soccer here, but I feel like, at least locally, the the, the tide's rising a bit. Uh, one of the, the uh, a thing I saw on Twitter about uh, the game uh, you played on Saturday was uh, I saw someone tweet uh, a friend of theirs had uh, watched a game who, who didn't like soccer, but the, the, the last... 20 30 minutes of that game was so exciting that uh you know he's on board now so i've been having far more conversations and stories about soccer than at any point uh i think there might have been a decade you know late 90s early 2000s where i might not have even 
heard the sport, you know, mentioned in any yeah. sort whatsoever. Yeah, obviously, uh, it's obviously getting bigger in America, and you can you can just see through the through the growth in the MLS. From like my perspective, uh, a lot of young players going to to Europe and becoming real successful, and yeah, you can see the U.S. national teams obviously getting better, and I think that's uh, that's through the MLS and uh, through the players that are being brought up through there. So yeah, I think soccer's soccer's the world's game, and you know anyone can play it, and yeah, I'm just happy to to be over here and have have opportunity to play professionally in America. Um, you mentioned MLS, and uh, you've been on both sides of uh, MLS and USL uh, organizations, and then uh, obviously the big win in the Open Cup of, against the MLS side as a USL uh, league player. Um, and MLS has changed a lot in uh, the last seven years. Where would you say, could you give any sort of gauge that like uh, a lot of people are talking about like how big is the gap because they don't, the USL MLS don't play that much, but you've played on both sides. Um, how big is that gap and how much has that changed in over the last few years, do you think? Yeah, um, obviously the MLS has grown a lot and I feel like it keeps growing every year that uh, it's in existence, you know, with the new teams, new stadiums and obviously attracts um, better players all the time, so. I think the MLS is always expanding and then you can see the USL as well, like new teams coming through and it's a great pathway for players to to reach that to reach that next level. So I think it's it's gotten better as as the years have gone and I think it will continue to get better as as time goes on. Do you think that the, like the the average skill level is is a is a mammoth gap between MLS and USL at the moment? Um I don't think it's too big of a gap. It's just, you know, little things like little... Uh, it's always the little things, you know. Uh, if you can put the ball in the back of the net and and uh, that's what earns you the big bucks, really. So, just, I don't know. It's, it's a tough question to answer, to be honest. But I don't think it's too big of a too big of a gap, but you just got to do the right things at the right time, I guess. Yeah, I guess that that, that is pretty... Uh, difficult to, to to pose but i thought maybe perhaps with the perspective of, of of having just played a team and playing on both sides of the equation it it could be a, a way to find some insight but i understand that that, that that's that's a difficult one and and you know, it's a thing of moments and then also you have those uh rare you know peaks and peaks i guess i was curious about the baseline obviously there's those special players and stars that you know are off the chart that you know jump off uh, no matter the league or wherever they play speaking of league play we return to action uh detroit city fc does on saturday afternoon returning home to keyworth does it feel like with having a week break uh do you guys uh, do you think you'll be well rested uh, for the the game ahead? Yeah, I think uh, this week break obviously comes at a good time after the the few weeks we've had of just uh, playing a lot of games. So I think everyone will be you know enjoying this week of you know having a little bit of time off. So I think everyone will be a hundred percent going into Saturday, and hopefully we can keep the momentum and and you know get another win. Uh, what um, is the 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 key? Uh, do you think to um, keeping the momentum going? Is it uh, uh, just keeping 
the 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 level high or is it just what would you say would be the 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 best way for you guys to uh to keep the level high after i mean it's been you know a big road trip you know dramatic winner right after um the big open cup win what three four games in two weeks i guess uh what's uh, the tactic you're taking to uh keep the motivation strong on saturday yeah i think it's it's what's brought our success uh in the in the games that we've played so far is just everyone working together and you know working for each other and working as hard as you can and if we do that we know that we have every chance of winning so i think that's the that's the main thing for everyone you know going into every game we play and especially going into this game this weekend uh do you have a a favorite moment yet of your time in detroit um i probably would say that that uh win on on tuesday against columbus you know just uh you know full stadium and how passionate everyone was and everyone got behind us and supported us so i'd say that was uh my favorite moment of of playing uh here so far what's uh been away from the game what have you enjoyed the most uh being in in michigan uh, <laughs> i mean it's been pretty cold you know but... yeah that's fair i mean you have had the rotten part to be fair yeah yeah uh yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done too much. I've just been focusing on my soccer. So hopefully, when uh, the summertime comes around, I'll be able to explore a little bit more. So you know, at least that's something I have uh, to look forward to outside of soccer. Well, uh, Declan Wynn, uh, midfielder for Detroit City FC, playing again, no doubt, uh, Saturday at four o'clock at Keyworth against. The uh, New York Red Bulls, too. Uh, thank you so much for joining uh, Michigan Soccer Central. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Thank you to this week's guest, midfielder Declan Wynn, and congratulations on scoring the goal over the weekend. Thank you so much for your time and uh, relating uh, those insights from the game and from the team and from your career. Thanks to all the guests that have come on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. You guys are what has made uh, your contributions is what made this show uh, tick along, and all the guests have been fantastic and Really further, the goal of this show was to get as many perspectives from around uh, the world's game that's being played here in Michigan. So, uh, uh, yeah, kudos to them. And thanks to uh, the listeners. We were getting a uh, ever-growing uh, listenership, and it couldn't be happier than that. And I should start setting some real milestones for our uh, listenership as we tick over to almost one year of producing these shows. So, thanks to Jenny Hajnaki for editing the program as always, and thank you to Dan Katranza for making the theme music uh, many, many years ago, and Dan Garnell and the others in the Michigan Soccer Central core team. Thank you so much, and uh, everybody, uh, there's a lot going on, so until next time, enjoy your soccer. <laughs>